Welcome to Her Enterprise with me, Melissa. Hey, and me, Kelly. And it's me, Nicole. Join this group of entrepreneurial women building community and masterminding through our problems. So we can all lean into your values, cut what doesn't serve you, and grow in abundance. Let's get to it, changemakers. Hi, everyone. Her Enterprise, and today we are going to be interviewing one of the founding ladies, Nicole Santiago. And we have Kelly on here as co host. So let's get into it. Hi, Nicole. How are you doing today? Hey, Melissa. I'm great. How are you? How about you, Kelly? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. I'm excited. We're recording and it's going to be a great show. I can't wait to get to know more about Nicole and the wonder that she is. <laughs> and with that, Nicole, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so my name's Nicole and I was a public school Spanish teacher for 12 years I recently took a retirement slash sabbatical year last year, and I officially retired on June 1st from the classroom. I am diagnosed with ADHD, the inattentive type. I love to dance salsa. I have three beautiful children, and I'm really excited to be making this transition from employee to entrepreneur. That's really great. So... How does having ADHD impact your business and you being an entrepreneur? Sure. So actually, um, a lot of entrepreneurs have ADHD. It sort of like lends itself well to kind of searching out business. Um, It's sort of the hunter. It's like this old explanation was like there's the farmer type and the hunter type. And so we're kind of the hunters. We're going to look for our clients or look for our business Um, So that's kind of how it fits into entrepreneurship. And um, it's usually the kids that didn't do so well in school. Like it wasn't so easy to follow instructions. Mm -hmm. Um, You kind of want to be your own boss, which is why it works well for entrepreneurs. And also why, because a lot of my family members have ADHD and my children, um, I wanted to leave the classroom because I felt like I couldn't serve um, my own children, as well as other ADHD students as well in the public school setting. And I wanted to help them in a deeper, more meaningful way. So is that what you turned into a business? Um, can you tell us more about ADHD and your business? Is it part of that yeah. or is that, how's that play a factor in your work? It's sort of, Yeah. So it's really, I mean, my why. So when I was teaching, I loved it. I was a Spanish teacher for years. I still tutor Spanish on the side. Um, I still sell lessons on Teachers Pay Teachers. So I still have that as a smaller source of passive income. But I really realized that my why, so a lot of ADHDers, um, because you don't always fall in line with the systems, um, a lot of times you sort of get negative feedback. And that negative feedback can lead to anxiety and depression. Um, Like for a mom, you wonder, why can't I manage everything? And um, that just sort of weighs on you. A lot of times women especially don't realize they have ADHD until they're in college or they become a mom because you have more expectations on you. And um, when you can't do everything perfectly, like 
time blindness and hyperfocus are sort of common issues where you get really focused on a project or you forget what time it actually is and you miss an appointment or you might miss, um, you know, just forget a child's paper or homework or something. And then you feel bad about yourself. Like, why can't I handle this? And you just need to learn different strategies to manage yourself. And that's something that I've spent a long time doing. Um, And that's sort of how it fits into my business because I don't want my son and my daughter and my other son to struggle with their ADHD and feel like they're not good enough. Um, There's comorbid conditions that can be deep depression. Um, 50% of inmates have ADHD in prison. That's because of impulsivity and a lack of awareness on how to manage symptoms. Um, So I just, that's really my why. It's like how to make people see the beautiful bright side of ADHD, which is this great, vast amount of perspective that's so different. It's really out of the box thinking and it really can help you and propel you forward as long as you can manage the other symptoms. So what new projects are you working on now? I hear that you have a book coming out. Yeah, I'm really excited. So I um, I actually have been blogging about family life with ADHD for four years. As you know, I have ADHD, the inattentive type. My oldest son has it. And my husband has the hyperactive type. So all really all five of us, we believe, have different types of ADHD. And so it's a different sort of family life. It's a little more rowdy, um, a lot of emotions, a lot of heightened emotions. Um, ADHD can be wonderful, but it's also kind of a double-edged sword in that it can be difficult to manage your emotions and some of that impulsivity. So I wrote a book. I actually have been blogging for so long, I had enough material to write a book. And I kept getting questions from clients or people on the blog about, hey, how did you solve this problem or that problem? And I kept finding that I had all these tools that I've been using over the years. I've just built up this repertoire and I just would like to share it because ADHD can be this really cool, um, sort of feel like you have this different dimensional brain. You see things in a new way. But when you're in the struggle and you're in the impulsivity part or you're in the arguments or you're having trouble with relationships, um, those things, the hard parts, that's the part that I've been really working to master. And I wanted to show that story and hopefully help um, other ADHD families or children. Um, I have a question, a question that um, I know that like before you've talked about ADHD and spirituality being something that's interesting to you. And I know like my husband, we both like studied theology, but he defines eternity as a place outside of time. And like, do you feel like time blindness might contribute to like, I haven't heard you fully talk about spirituality, but do you feel like time blindness like might impact like spirituality and ADHD and all of that? And I do. So I kind of feel like the reason why you can be time blind is because you are kind of more in tune with something that's you can't see, something that's not directly in front of you. Um, and a lot of times with ADHD, you're you want to be connected more to if you want to say source or to other humans. Um, there's a lot of um, need to connect and feel connected with others. And then that's also the time blindness. To me, it's like you're in a creative mode. So all of us, you know, our purpose is to create and give back, right? That's that's what humans are here to do, to create and serve others. And um, when you're in that creative flow, you don't see time, you don't notice time. Time is sort of a construct 
to help us all work together. But if we're really in a deep state of flow, we might not even notice it. And I do feel, I mean, I live in a household with five people with ADHD and my husband's really good with time because he has, he was, it was pounded into him by his military stepfather. Like he's like, it almost is like he gets nervous about it, but the rest of us, we are all like, if we're into what we're doing, like my, my son who's dyslexic, the middle child, he could be playing with dinosaurs for four hours and he won't, you, he won't even come out to go to the bathroom. Like he can just be in his own beautiful place creating. And that's something that I think is interesting. I do have a lot of thoughts about spirituality, but I won't drop them all here. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you're, what you were sharing with us about your story is that one of the reasons you left um, working at the schools was because it didn't really fit into your why for how you wanted to, you know, manage your household and your time with your family. So that's your why. But tell us a bit about um, how you made the actual switch from being an employee to a freelancer. Like, what does that actually look like to to make that transition from, you know, traditional work to something that's a lot more fluid? Right. So that was, um, I started the blog in 2017. And in 2017, when I started writing, I knew I, I wanted to do more. I knew I had like, there was another purpose that I had besides teaching. Although I love teaching, I knew I wanted to do something else. And the blog gave me that outlet to write. But um I finally got to the point after a year and a half of writing of getting up at 4.30 in the morning and writing, I said, I really want to do more with this. I feel like I'm more motivated to do this. How could I do this? So the same person who was my blog coach, I actually hired her as a financial coach to plan my mini retirement. So I really did this in stages. Like I started with a blog and then I moved to um, getting a financial coach to help me save money and figure out how it would take a year off and plan the transition and how would I have income during that time. Um, and then I definitely had a team of support, like my family supported me. My husband was okay with the fact that I was going to step away from our insurance and our W-2 work. He also, he's an entrepreneur. He's had his own business for a long time. So um, he really helped. And it was really important for me to have a plan. Like, how would I really do it? We Our original plan was to live in somewhere um, cheaper. We wanted to find a place to, with a lower cost of living so I didn't have to work in the beginning, while you're building a business, it takes a while to make money. And um, at that point is when I realized, you know, my husband, he he's the one who also has a job. He does have his business. And so I like to be honest about the fact that I'm making some money. I talk about gut health education and um, I sell supplements to improve mental wellness too. And that brings a little income. My book hasn't brought any income yet because I'm just writing it. But my husband has kind of kept us afloat and we picked a place to go that was a lower cost of living so we could balance things out. And if I hadn't had that coach or that plan or that team, um, I know I wouldn't have left. I'd still be teaching. That sounds like a big transition going from your W-2 into freelance work and running your own business. Um, what was your, were there any scary moments like after that, after you're leaving your W-2 job or was that kind of like the scariest part? Um, what was your scariest moment in business? 
Um, well, I sort of, I feel like I cheated a little bit because I took a sabbatical in that I didn't walk away. Like I didn't burn my boats, right? Like I just took a year off teaching and I applied for a year off. I was a tenured teacher. I'd been teaching for many years and I was approved to take a year without pay. So I didn't walk away completely. Like technically I should be back. Like if I hadn't retired completely and quit, I would go back next week to start preparing for the next school year. So I technically had a job to go back to until June 1st when I finally, yeah, when I finally quit. So that helped me a little bit. And then I also had, I had this plan where I was going to move to somewhere that would cost less money. I had three clients for Spanish. So I knew I had guaranteed 80 bucks an hour with these couple clients. I was going to try to build these clients. Um, But things started unraveling because we planned to move to Puerto Rico and then the governor resigned. There was a lot of unrest in the country and my family members that were there, my husband's brother, our cousins said, please don't move. It's not secure here now. It's really not a good time to bring three children. There aren't even schools. School's not even in session right now for our kids. So we didn't go. And um, that was really hard because it was sort of like the rug got pulled out from under us. We were Airbnb-ing it, staying with friends over here in San Antonio, Texas, trying to figure out what to do. And then I realized at that point, I had to put my business building on hold because I just had to do day-to-day operations of where are my kids going to go? Are we going to enroll them in school? The summer ended. It was the fall. And um, we weren't going to go to Puerto Rico. So that that time was very um, scary, but we had a, a cushion, like we had saved money for the year off. So I knew I could afford to pay for an apartment or whatever we needed while we're going through the transition. And that's why I think it's so important to either work with a coach or have a little bit of money set aside. If you know, you want to step away from traditional work. Nicole, I, I just kind of want to go back to what you said at the beginning of, of all that, which was that you feel like you somehow cheated. And I'm like, no, that's actually like a very valuable like nugget of information for anyone who's trying to start entrepreneurship or trying to start their own business is kind of having that forethought to to say like, well, how can I make this as safe as possible? So having a sabbatical um, where you can like explore your business but having uh-huh. somewhere to go back to, that's not cheating. That's so smart. <laughs> that's so that's so important and and clever and something that people should think about. And I I mean, I just I feel like that's you know, in case you missed it when you heard that, like, <laughs> no, this is not cheating. This is thinking ahead. This is one of those tips that you should take away that if you want to start a business, can you negotiate some time off so that you can test it out with a security blanket. So I think that's super valuable. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. So what do you think other other business women need to know to, to move forward? Um, if you're coming from a place where you are doing regular work, like a W-2 employee job, um, I think it's, a lot, it's important to have faith again and have your team. But also um, for me, I had to let things go. So my business should have been way further ahead than it is. I should have had more coaching clients by now. Um, I had more planned, but then again, the rug got pulled out from under us when we were kind of homeless, like living in San Antonio, not sure where we would go. We ended up buying a house here and it's great now, but that part, I wasn't able to work on my business. I had to let it go. And again, having that little nest egg of money saved helped 
but also me being able to say, hey, my family needs to feel secure right now. I'm not going to like go searching for clients while we're trying to figure out where we're going to live. Like, I think you need to know what you can let go and you need to know um, where can I get help to. Like if you are starting, like once I really got the flow going with business, um, like if you could get someone to help you with your taxes, if you've never done it before and you've always been a traditional W-2, or if you need help with a babysitter a couple hours a day to try to get your business going, um, all those things that that can help you find the balance to move forward with your business. It doesn't have to be 10 hours a day that you're working. It could maybe be two hours a day in the evening after the children go to bed. Like how can you balance it all? But when you agree to let go of certain things that may not serve you, and then also agree to ask for help, that's that's when you're really loving yourself. And that's when your business is going to grow. Because when you the more you believe in yourself and the more you believe that's when your business will grow. That That's self-love. That's how we grow as people and then our business grows too. So those are sort of the little tips I'd give. <laughs> I am really curious to hear about what it's like having two entrepreneurs in a relationship. Like how, how it, has that shifted <laughs> and whatever you wish to disclose, you are free to obviously keep whatever secrets you need to. <laughs> um, but yeah, what is that like and how do you navigate that? How is it empowering and how is it difficult? Um. I'm lucky in that. So my husband, he left his old business when we moved because, as you know, he was he worked in special events and special events pretty pretty much dried up around COVID time. So we've had a lot of big transitions in this family this year. Um, so that's a that's a business he ran with special events for about 15 years. He was doing that, and then when he moved here, he was going to fly out to events here and there just to keep that stream of income. But um, one of our friends back from Maryland happened to move to Austin and they decided to open a tech business together. So he um, found this new passion. So because he's going through a transition and trying to like study and learn something new, um, in a way we're lucky because I'm still learning stuff that's new. But at the same time, um, I my main role has sort of been, I just said, I'm going to take on the child rearing right now. Like I'm going to really do that part while you get in this new, he's in a whole new industry. Um, I will say sometimes it's hard because he'll like, I want to talk about business ideas and he might be burnt out. Like when you're always building and growing, you always have a lot to talk about with your businesses. And sometimes Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to hear about it (laughs) because he might be grappling with his own issues or he might be studying for an exam. He takes these exams for this online programs he does um, and he might just be burnt out from it. My husband did take care of the children before when I worked as a teacher full time. He only worked events on the weekends. So we've always had a back and forth kind of sharing of responsibilities as far as our family life goes, which is helpful. But I will say that I've needed my women, business women friends like you guys to call on for business help and ideas because sometimes he's just burn out when it's another entrepreneur in the family we both are constantly like we bounce ideas off sometimes, but then there's other times where it's like somebody's shut down and it's not going to happen. Like, just don't push it. You know, maybe you can reach out to your other network um, to find those ideas or that sounding board that you need. If it's not going to be your husband, because he happens to be fully immersed and has been online for 12 hours that day and talking to people in India and he's just done. So I would say find your network too. 
if you are married to an entrepreneur. I find that to be true, even though I'm not married to an entrepreneur, like that my net will like that he's burnt out on all of my ideas. And when he's in, <laughs> he's like, I can't, I just can't carry your ideas because he turns them into expectations. And I was like, for the sake of our marriage, I need other friends. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe I'm so maybe that's true. Maybe that's just the nature of our relationship. Melissa, do you want to weigh in on this one? I mean, for sure, having more than one person to lean on and call on has been really helpful. And, you know, I can't wait till we kind of dive into our mastermind episodes to illustrate how helpful those, you know, conversations are and those different perspectives um yeah really they really are. all right well this has been really exciting nicole um how can people find you can you tell us a little bit more about how what we can pay you to do for us <laughs> and how we can find out more about you and where we can just get more of you sure um, so my website is familyadventures.com, and that's double D, so familyadventures.com. Um, there you can look at my blog. You can um, buy gut health supplements. You can con- have a consultation with me to go over how to improve your mental wellness. That's like my thing is mental health and mental wellness. Um, you can also buy my latest ebook on homeschool. I think a lot of us are planning at this time, a lot of us are thinking about homeschooling for next year or virtual learning. And I wrote a transition ebook for that. Um, and that'll be for sale on my family adventure site. And eventually when the book's ready, you can get the book there too. That'll be ready next winter. And um, if you'd like to coach with me, um, if you have ADHD, especially, or if your child does, I do academic coaching to help them through schoolwork. I can help adults. I have two adult clients right now that I'm working with to help them in managing the household when you have ADHD. Um, I've worked with two women clients. I'm sure I could help male clients as well, um, but I'm available, familyadventures.com. Just check out my website and and just send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing yourself with us. It was really my pleasure. Hey, Changemakers. Thank you so much for joining us today with episode 006 of Her Enterprise, where we interview Nicole. There was really so much great stuff in here today, but I think the biggest things were about how she illustrated the wonderful side of ADHD and how that really drove her to create her blog and to create her book. And then also the great tips about how if you're going to transition, there's so many things that you can do like getting a coach, but also making space where you can test out your idea with a safety blanket, like having a sabbatical. So if you got anything from this episode, If you learned something, if you were inspired, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe. Next week, we will be diving into Nicole's mastermind. Now, if you're new here or you don't remember what a mastermind is, that is when we present an issue that we're feeling stuck with in our business and we leverage the different perspectives and the different experiences that each of us had. 
The ladies from Her Enterprise are a women's collective of knowledge, inspiration, and connection. We are change makers. This is a podcast for the whole person. It is for you and your business. Let's grow. Let's flourish. Let's rise with Her Enterprise. Are you ready to be a change maker? Hit subscribe.